We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports Podcast, where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. We are at episode five of season three of Ted Lasso. Me, Alex McDaniel, Caroline Darney breaking it down for you tonight. Uh, before we get into that, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group for supporting the show, especially our Big Trail producer-level patrons, some of which you will hear from tonight in, in written form, uh, submitted some questions for this episode. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Ager, Mike Dries, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zacharis, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkelman, Mac Lindsay, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them, all of our patrons, for supporting this show, helping us keep the... Keep the lights on over here at Big Screen Sports. And big thanks to those who submitted some questions for this episode of, uh, of Ted Lasso. Really good one. A lot of, lot of questions in general that, that come on from this one. Um, and I will say, I want to again shout out the patrons. Uh, we are going to be doing our first live watch of a, of a movie later this month, later in April. So if you're a member of the Patreon group, tune in for that. We'll have some updates in the Patreon soon. If you're not a member of the Patreon group, want to participate? patreon.com slash big screen sports as for this episode of ted lasso uh, if you're listening to it the day it drops this is obviously not coming out when the last episode came out friday will be the day that we that we drop these moving forward if no if they stop releasing screeners early i kind of clarified this last week but this will be kind of the new status quo moving forward friday ted lasso uh, unless we do get the episode early, then we'll try to get it out a little bit earlier. So with that, here's me, Alex Caroline, talking Season 3, Episode 5 of Ted Lasso, Signs. All right, joining me on Big Screen Sports tonight, it is my co-host Alex McDaniel and Caroline Darney. So glad we're all back, and I want to open this episode by asking y'all, if you were, were pissed off at a former employer, what animal would you leave in their conference room? Oh, man. Not naming any employers. <laughs> Why would you ask us this question, Caroline? Do we share a former employer? Hmm. Hmm. I would. You know, I would do a fox with an F, not a V. <laughs> um. Oh, I would choose a raccoon. 
Oh, that's going to cause some hell. Yeah. Um, I think I would go with a rat because they'll chew through wires and shit. That's true. The yeah. the lamb was such a nice touch. It really was. It was, it was. a great callback by her. Petty enough, had a nice little pun to go with it. Honestly, not a that was probably one of the better savvy moves that Shandy made over her career. Yeah. <laughs> when it came to thinking things through, but not you know. gotta assume that all of her breakups have been get the popcorn out. Let's let's watch them. Talk about Keith down. Morrison. <laughs> oh, Oh, <laughs> has a long uh, history of boyfriends disappearing. <laughs> it's been a while, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it has. We haven't we haven't talked a movie in quite some time. Uh, we we got to talk about that when we're done with this. Uh, before we get into it, though, what's going on at For the Win and Bet for the Win? Content. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know content. Caroline and I are the only editors working this week. Because it was just one of those weird weeks where, like, the rest of the editors are out for various reasons. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. But there's content. There's content. There's lots of fun content. If you go to the website, I'm pretty sure there's stuff up. I got, I, to, I got to write about Grogu getting his little IG-12 um, robot machine, which made me very happy because I... That was the second hardest I laughed at something this week with the hardest being something from this episode that I'm very excited to talk about. I'm always so prone to hyperbole just on this show in general. Um, Never forget Kate Bush's uh, cloud busting, Neil dropping the best of all time. Was that that uh, one that you, that you liked? I can't remember. (laughs) That was, yeah, the the one from Palm Springs. Um, But I, I truly think that this episode might have had the funniest moment, the hardest I've ever laughed at Ted Lasso. <laughs> Definitely the hardest I've laughed since the "Who the fuck is Bernard?" <laughs> Who the fuck is Bernard? That whole inner, that whole exchange. Yeah. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, tonight we are talking about Ted Lasso season three, episode five, "Signs." With their season in a tailspin, Richmond tries to right the ship against mighty Manchester City. Off the pitch, everyone faces their own setbacks, which is an interesting. It's a very interesting description. Hmm. Um, kind of, I'm I'm opening it up. What is the what's like the biggest question stemming from this episode? Because we before we started recording, Alex was like, "This is this is three episodes." Caroline, what is the biggest question stemming from this episode? Because I have I have multiple. I think mine has to be what exactly Rebecca's phone call said. That's kind of I'm very curious about what her situation is, and we will get into that in depth, but. I got a little bit of closure on Ted's story, not Ted's storyline, like for the season, but man, mm. we needed to see that Ted. Oh, and we missed that yes. Ted. We probably haven't seen that Ted since early first season, if we're being honest. And if we're also mm. being honest, I think he's been a bad coach lately for a bit. And some of that you're like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Like he's been dealing with other issues. I get that. Everyone's human. Um, but we needed that out of him and he hadn't given a good like inspirational speech. So I think uh, Rebecca and then Keely. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot, lot of, a lot of inner workplace interaction uh, potentially going on right yeah, now. Yeah, they love, they love that. Yeah. Writers <laughs> love that. This is, this show is low key an HR nightmare, like nightmare. in a lot of ways. Nightmare. But the the Ted thing, I will. I, I'm looking forward to breaking that down because that was one of my favorite moments of the season thus far. Um, 
yeah, we, we needed Ted back. Alex, what's what's the big question from this episode for you? Um, what did Roy do to Keeley? That was a big one for me because mm-hmm. for two reasons. And we've asked that so far is like, okay, we found out he broke up with her. We're sort of led to believe that it was just because he was afraid of getting done. He left before he got left, basically. This episode made me think there's something more going on. And for two reasons, when Keely's talking about him to Jack and she starts like talking about how hurt she is, it just doesn't seem like that's the natural flow of someone who was just scared and left or else you'd say, you know, I was focusing on my career and he just couldn't handle it. But the fact that, you know, we've seen Keely, I don't want to say act out. That's so condescending. But we've seen Keely respond to Roy hurting her before by doing exactly what she did with Jack. And that's with Jamie. When Roy didn't text her back for a day, what did she do? She slept with Jamie. Yeah. And I, and then like during Ted's speech, when he said the part about like when you hurt somebody and it went to Roy and it's mm-hmm. like, I just think it's more than I'm leaving you. Like, I think he did. Do you think he cheated on her or something? So where did he buy the tickets for? Where it's like, nice gesture, but also, dude, you can't just pick up and leave for six weeks and not have input on this. (laughs) Was it Greece? Italy? Whatever. Somewhere tropical. Spain? Yeah, Yeah, that works too. I don't know. But I mean, you know, I don't want to just assume he cheated, but if he did go on that vacation and had a lot of time to think, like, I don't, I just feel like there's something more here than just he left because he got scared. Mm-hmm. And they've been very deliberate and not telling us why. Yeah. Um. And we have let's ring the bell. We have Amsterdam next week, where it seems like first seems time like we're hearing lot. about this trip to Amsterdam. I'm so excited <laughs> to learn more about it. One of our uh, one of our beloved producer patrons, uh, John Craig. One of his questions Yay, for I this episode. John yeah, John. John is great. The biscuit uh, boss. Yes. Yes. That's one of his exactly. questions was how much will Amsterdam, how much will the word Amsterdam be used in this episode? So um, <laughs> right now we're going with the limit does not exist and, and we will, we will see. But yeah, there, there's definitely, there's definitely something going on there that, that needs to be revealed. I mean, I was worried that something would drive Keely back to Jamie. I think I made those insecurities pretty clear last week and we went the other way and, and I, I need to, <laughs> Listen, I will admit, I sent this text on Tuesday night when I watched the episode. Caroline, <laughs> you were right. right. Yes. You were picking up what they were putting down. It was just so funny it because... obvious. Well, <laughs> thank you. I thought I was going crazy last week without you, Alex, for several I'm reasons. sorry. But I, I was like, back I up. was picking up fives. And the guys <laughs> were like, what? Me and Mike, who just haven't picked up a damn thing ever. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like well i'm you know i'm very single maybe i'm missing these but like i was just like i got a vibe there it was a vibe it was it was a vibe it was and it shoot you guys put jody balfour in more stuff (laughs) this isn't i mean i don't i don't again she's excellent in um for all mankind but she's just the cutest thing in the world like and she's so funny their i thought their chemistry alone just the not to use banter but their banter was hilarious like mm-hmm. loved it yeah the how, well with all the other clowns in the car well, just, <laughs> i know perfect yeah. no no they were both good they were both good i think i mean i think rebecca and keely are the two kind of biggest questions of what's going on i think with the male characters we have kind of clear direction 
a little more clear direction. It's like Ted has re-engaged. Like Maverick's re-engaged. We're we're ready to go. Like yes. we're we're going to yeah, he's he's going to shoot down the MIGs now. God almighty. Did we really I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a point Alex not to bring up chat. No, I just I'm making a point not to bring up Top Gun at work because <laughs> I know My happened. sister saw it for the first time today, by the way. Hilarious commentary. She's like this is the first one or the yeah the first oh no she's seen maverick 23 times in the theater she saw it more times than i did i created a monster when i took her to the screening with me like how does someone grow up with you but not see top well because i didn't see it until i was in college oh i didn't know that because my it wasn't one that no i got to college and was like why do all of my guy friends want to fly planes because of this movie this makes no sense to me and i kind of did the like is this your king um <laughs> and now my dog's named maverick so go figure um but it was it's, really it's really the same thing though the the <laughs> maverick was pretty disengaged and we're talking original top gun like he's pretty disengaged after goose dies like doesn't want that action is dealing with some things and then it takes a moment of crisis uh one ice man being in trouble and this zava leaving the team <laughs> Alex uh, is gonna same, leave. Thi- same thing for for ted to re-engage so i'm glad we've gotten to that well, point he I'm, almost I'm didn't he d- almost didn't like he didn't even address like he needed the guys to be like uh coach do you well, have something for us on the superstar just retiring on us like i think it what? was the henry moment that shifted for him i don't think it was anything to do with the team i think we finally, like we have said for two years now, there's always a son or father connection whenever he starts to have panic attacks, right? This is the first time we got to see very clearly what was happening in his mind. And we saw Henry going down the elevator and him saying, he's okay, he's okay, he's okay. And then he got clarity and then he was out. Like that was a huge, huge moment. Yeah. Um, and this is a good time to loop in another question actually from John Craig. He, he asked when Ted is on the verge of his anxiety attack. And I will say this question, I'm laying at the feet of Alex because th- this is right up her alley. When he's on the verge of his anxiety attack, he's looking at the pyramid image on his wall and then has a flashback to the single image of Henry leaving. What is the the meaning behind the pyramid when it when it comes to that? And what were the multiple images flashed through on the previous attacks? So... I thought about this earlier today and I don't have like a strong answer for it other than, um, you know, I think the theme, even with, with Zava leaving, we're getting this recurring theme of like, if you lean into the things that really matter, then you will succeed, whether it's succeeding in love or with family or on the pitch or whatever. And I think Zava's, you know, we got to see, even though he's still like a diva, we got to see in this episode, Zama talk about, it was so sweet about like he, his wife is the only woman he sees with clarity. Everything else is a smudge. And then he talks about like wanting to spend more time with his family. And um, I, I loved his line about um, what was it when you, when you lean into the things you love or like, what is it when the universe something damn it i always mess this up anyway but this last we know what you're talking about though yeah but the last part of the line was the universe does its thing in you and you know i think like it's really interesting with that pyramid and even with um the book inverting the pyramid which i have a, a side note about that later um there's this whole thing with like 
the sport, right. And the game throughout the show where it's like, what combination do they need to succeed? And like, what steps do you take to get to where you want to be? And I think Ted's just realizing like, that's not enough. And I think he's, even if they go all the way, and even if they win the league, it's not going to be enough for him. And I think him like reaching that point of clarity and then almost having the panic attack, but using what he knows to reassure himself, Henry's okay. And he can, you know, he doesn't have to, to panic about it. I just, I think that was a big deal, but I think it, every, to me, everything is just him reconciling his commitment to a job versus his commitment to being a dad. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to balance regard, even if you're in the same city or on the same continent. Yeah. It's, it's the one thing where that's where I think Ted, I I've told, I've said multiple times he should take the Missouri job, but like <laughs> college football coaches are, there's a, there's a priority number one there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Ted, it's certainly been the theme of this season, the biggest Ted theme. There hasn't really been a whole lot else going on Ted wise, except for this pull between this job and what he feels is his responsibility. But Ted has also been so good about prioritizing the, the emotional well being of his players as well. And that's been one thing that I've, I am hoping that we get kind of one last ride with Ted in that regard that I'm, yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to. I, I mean, I, I didn't see him being checked out. All, all season or somewhat checked out. So I let's get into besting because the, the speech that we've referenced, like that to me was stand out like best scene, best moment of the episode right there at the end. Like I needed that. Cause I, I admit that I was kind of uneasy. A lot of this episode, like it just didn't make me feel as good as some Ted Lasso episodes have. Like there's a lot going sure. on. There's a lot of stressors. The team is not doing well. Um, we see a lot of our characters going through things. Um, but that like, and I, I think shout out Mike, who wasn't able to be here tonight, but Boo. Mike texted this, <laughs> Mike texted Boo. the same thing of like, he needed that speech, that speech brought him back. And I, I needed that too. But what, what other, you know, there, there's a lot in this episode. What Caroline, what, what scenes stood out to you here? Roy talking about bullying. It's the best. It's I'm just sorry. one of the best moments ever. It's incredible. <laughs> Should I read his speech now? Or... Yeah, go for it. Okay. Go for it. It's just so I, I did like, I fully transcribed this. I paused it and like wrote it all down. So <laughs> this to set it up. They get the text. And actually almost right away, I was like, I bet Henry was the one bullying. As soon as the text came in, I was like, so first of all, Beard's I said the reaction. same thing. I just wanted yeah. for the record. I said, yes. I said the same thing. <laughs> Kyle was right. I um, was right. Everyone. Beard's everyone reaction was flawless. The we, I love that he knows when every flight goes back to kansas like how you can get there where it connects through he's like we can be there by 12 the house will be ashes by 12 30 hilarious no notes and then the best was all the reactions when roy starts with the best way to deal with bullies is to ignore them and they're all kind of like what <laughs> so he says then you sneak into their house at 4 a.m., which statistically speaking is the hour people are least prepared to defend themselves. Then Beard goes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, might I say, it's also the hour that he shows up every morning at Jamie's house. Is it 4 a.m.? <laughs> so true. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And then he goes, oh man. And he's saying it in his voice with the perfect cadence. And the music starts at this point. And he goes, once you're standing over them as they sleep in their bed, you start to beat them with a thick, heavy rope soaked in red paint, pummeling them over and over until they wake, 
confusing the paint for their own blood. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not <laughs> funny to read. Like when it's not, it. <laughs> when they beg you to stop, you laugh as loud as you can for as long as you can. And then you start to beat them again. <laughs> and that's what Trent Krim drops his, what is it? What is the cup, Alex? It's the rainbow Snoopy. The Snoopy let the good times roll. Let the good times roll cup. And during all of this, like they pan to everybody and like Beard is aghast and like Ted gulps loudly at one Ted point. Ted the audible gulp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Ted goes, okay, I may just hold off on anything like that until I connect with Michelle and get the details <laughs> and see what actually happened. And Roy's like, yeah, okay, good call. I'm telling you, I don't know what it was, if if it was everything or if it was like the delivery or like, I was in physical pain laughing at that. (laughs) Like, it was just art to me. Brett Goldstein is a wizard. It was just so funny. So funny. Oh my God. I can't. It was, it was the hard. I think it was the hardest I've laughed at the show consistently. Like mm-hmm. there have been funny jokes. Like we talk about the one liner or something hmm. that, that, that like speech was the, the hardest I've laughed at the show. It was so, and it, I'm not sure anyone saying that <laughs> no one on the show could do it better than Brett Goldstein. No. That was, yeah. that was per- perfection. Is that what was awaiting Bernard? If, uh, if, if he had <laughs> You can't beat up a child. Why not? Oh man, it was just so. And honestly, when you think about it, it's just so messed up. Like waking someone up, thinking that they're covered <laughs> in blood, laughing <laughs> and continuing. I can't. It just was. Man, I could not stop laughing. And I was like, "What does this say about me?" Um, but I think but other people laugh though. too. Okay, let's um, let's address the Trent Crim Cup. Cause that was a, that was a standout. Um, there, there's obviously Trent is the only person in the building who knows that Colin is gay, mm-hmm. and there's there's just been a lot of rumors about or a lot a lot of a lot of theories about what's going to happen. Is Trent Krim also gay? Is he going to help Colin in some way? What's going on? And then he's holding a rainbow mug. Alex, you in the text you said misdirection. No, I mean I don't know if it is. I I. You know, we're all paying attention to Trent right now for different reasons, I think. And like, you know, he's got a photo of his daughter on his desk. It's mm-hmm. a little hard to see. Um, you know, he wears a bracelet and somebody on Twitter pointed out it's very it's like a like a beaded bracelet, like you would put together with beads. Somebody pointed out it's the bracelet that um Jason Sudeikis wears because like it represents his kids. Um and so yeah, I think even the way he holds the cup to make sure you don't see the Snoopy on the back. Cause like the only reason we knew is we like looked it up is like, where can you get this? And um, so, you know, I don't know, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. I've been sick all week. So this podcast is filled with coughs. Um, <laughs> There's going to be I minimal think- editing too, because I am putting it up when we're done. So that's fine. <laughs> Live with it. Um, but I think, you know, he, he could either be gay or he could be a, an ally. And I don't, so I don't think it's like misdirection. I just don't think it's necessarily indicative that, oh, he's definitely gay. I think that will come out next week, honestly, in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Fun, maybe, or maybe not intended. That's going to come out next week. I know. <laughs> Ring the bell. Um, let's talk about Rebecca a little bit. Uh, let's talk about her seeing her ex ex boyfriend, I guess, like ex fling John, John, who Wings. is a, hold on, John the guy's Wings name is Wings Knight, who is generously <laughs> a fucking dweeb, and <laughs> yeah, honestly, probably kind of like a dickhead. Like I'm, yeah, 
he's not even Roy says he's fine. No, I don't think so. Like, sir, you leave Anthony Hopkins alone. Yeah, Absolutely what do you say? We didn't ask you to be famous. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> it was a good line. It's the it's the idea that like when Roy says he's fine, he's fine because like okay, sure, like there are way worse people in the world. Like yeah, he's like probably he's... treats this woman right. Like you know he takes care of everything, not takes care of everything. Like you have to be doted on, but feels like he lives a comfortable lifestyle. But he's a dork. He's yeah. he's the guy who's got this horrible split scarf on that's Man United and Man City, which feels gross. It feels Awful. like, yeah, I was like, that's essentially like might as well be like a Virginia Tech Virginia one. Like, yeah, what are we doing? It's, it's like horrendous. Auburn, Alabama is when you said like no, and that's just like the, and he's had that conversation with Roy at the table. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, I root for whoever's playing better. Like that's just yep. like the worst kind of like dork. But if you're at a point where, like, I understand the idea of like you're dating and you're like this guy seems nice and like you know the the red flags aren't like i'm going to keep you in my basement the red flags are you root for a team that like you root for the team that's winning like so you're kind of like am i splitting hairs at this point is he like he seems like a good guy he makes good money like he take he's nice to people maybe a little obnoxious that's where like when roy says he's fine he's fine he's also fine. not good enough for rebecca no. <laughs> that's also fine to say and i think we get a nice and yet it's still that moment where she, this is a lot of projection. There's gonna be a lot of projection from your girl in this episode, I think, where she sees someone that she passed up on finding the things that she potentially wants. It's one of those you see like, oh, even so-and-so is engaged. Like, do you want to be engaged to that person? Like, probably not, maybe not, maybe, who knows? But like, it's that idea of like feeling most of the time extraordinarily pleased and happy and content with your decisions and you'd rather be alone than settling and then when you have that moment where something comes in front of you and like you see that thing that you do think you want or you might want you potentially want it sucks like that yeah. the, the way that she conveys emotion in this episode I think she, I, I people said on Twitter and like we rolled their eyes over but I think she locked up an Emmy with this episode like she's such a good actress like I just and so I, I felt for her in that moment because did she want him no but did she probably feel pretty shitty that six months after they broke up and she, and the, the lady looked lovely she seemed nice and but then on top of all of it the shite and nining armor nining armor yeah Alex you yes. look like you have thoughts <laughs> well I you know I think it's interesting that Every clue so far has been about a person from her past. And, um, you know, it's not necessarily literal and it's not necessarily not. And so when I knew as soon as they said Anthony Hopkins, she was going to say that. Like I knew it was because I was like, this feels really forced right now. This is like a dumb story. She's going to say that. And Rebecca's going to be like, what does it all mean? And I think her being confronted with her past. And even, I mean, this is true with Rupert too. Like she's Rupert with a baby. She wanted a baby with Rupert. Yes, she's glad that didn't happen because she doesn't ultimately does not want to raise a child with that man. Um, but having to look back at people you were with and see them achieve the things in life that you wanted either with them or without them, that's a tough thing. And it's same with Sam. Like, I don't even necessarily think she wants Sam as much as she just like wants to be wanted by him and seeing that he could potentially want someone else, as we saw in the last episode, I think that upsets her more than anything, but. Mm -hmm. what do i know mm -hmm. 
Um, <laughs> we see someone else hanging out with a member of the opposite sex, and that is Nate, who I almost <sighs> just said our beloved Nate. Because I think he still is our beloved Nate. This is the first time we've gotten fun Nate. Mm-hmm. And I want to say even more than I think this goes back to around when he became an assistant coach. Can I go with that bold? Can I go that bold? Where it's like that's when we first remember when he thought he was getting fired? That's when yes. we first saw our shades of evil Nate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because he went from zero to like yelling at her and calling her names shrew like, shrew yeah like you know um this was back to but i want him like this i loved that no oh, this is such a good mate episode mm-hmm. i thoroughly enjoyed um was it when so i really liked when he made the phone call to his mom <laughs> so he didn't want to be too forward asking the model for her number when essentially yeah. i don't want to say she was like handed to him but she was brought there to like meet him and like be his date at bones and honey by rupert and whatever and so he's still our sweet beloved nate in the point where he's like well i don't want to be too forward and ask her for her phone number like nate this is where the show the timeline thing though because when this happens it's been like a month because yeah. he goes to Bones and Honey after yeah. West Ham beats Richmond, and then we've seen Richmond on the slide and, and things like that. So that's the one thing where it's like a, she, you know, she probably would have told the, uh, the, um, you know, her friend to to give Nate her number. That that whole thing. Um, you'd think if you were gonna be the the forward one there, and you're, she's not like into Nate because she's into Nate. She's into Nate because he's the head coach at West Ham. You think yeah. you'd give him more than than like appetizer, you know? Well, you know, I this is where like the sweetness of Nate comes in because, like, I don't think he fully realizes how Ted spoiled him in a way that when he went from Ted to Rupert, and he's convinced himself. Rupert wants him for who he is as opposed to wanting him for revenge, which is what this whole thing is about. And same thing with her. And I've said before on this podcast, it's funny how, you know, the power is intriguing to Nate because it equals love and acceptance to him, but the money does not interest him at all. Just like the car, just like his apartment. And in his mind, he's not thinking I've got to go out of my way to, to impress this model with like money and flash he sincerely is like, let me take her to my favorite place in a place that means a lot to me. And he doesn't think twice about like, she's a famous model and she wants to be seen and she's on her phone all the time because he's assuming like, yeah, this is my worth. Everybody wants me for who I am. When Ted is like still Ted and his mom are like the only people in his life who actually, yeah, you know, give him that worth or like see that worth rather. So yeah, that was tough to see. But my girl Jade, mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. I can't. <laughs> She's always seen him for who he is. And it was true last season. And then when he came in to get lunch a few episodes ago and she just gives him that look like, when are you going to stop acting like a douche? Essentially, like, you're not like this. So why are you being this way? Did you see how slowly he came in the door so he didn't have the door issue again? Yeah. (laughs) That's one of my favorite little tidbits. It really is like season one, Nate. It it was a yeah. lot. It was a lot more of of that guy, and that. But like episode three ish, like once he started to come out of the shell, because not episode one where he's like, "You remember my name?" Like it was much more of the like Nate starting to get confidence before he got like the the power jumble with the Wonder Kid stuff, and mm-hmm. um, the 
one i loved that when she the model got in the car with her friends it was a convertible and the wake me up before you go go was playing which was what plays in zoolander when yes. <laughs> the models go for the you know uh gasoline fight uh orange mocha frappuccinos um and then when <laughs> jade comes back over and makes the baklava joke um baklava baklava right the yeah tasty yeah. delicious dessert treats baklava is divine. um yeah, he goes, apparently when I get nervous or when I'm trying to impress somebody, I start talking like my gran. And that was probably my favorite line of the episode. It was good. I thought that was so sweet. It was good. I want to work in another question for one of our producer patrons, uh, Zachary. So there's not really a question here, but it does it does offer a discussion point related to this. It said Nate's redemption arc is coming in fast this season. They keep showing that he is at his base the same who he was at the beginning with regard to priorities. See the taste of Athens scene. He hates seeing he hates seeing what Rupert's doing and sees the difference of him as a boss over Ted and Rebecca. I want all good things for our team, even if they went astray a little bit. So we're we're five episodes in. We're almost halfway through the season. Are do we have to wait until the season finale for all to be right, or do you no. think we're do you think Nate is back in our full good graces? Alex, you're nodding. How yeah. how long? What's like? Or Caroline, you're you know you're editing at bet for the win. What's our over under here? <laughs> <laughs> I say three episodes. Um, I mean, I don't know because I don't know how the story is going to progress. But I, I truly believe in the last game, <clears throat> whatever that is, he's going to be coaching for Richmond. I truly believe that. Like Ted will be gone or out or like he's cut. He will be back in a Richmond uniform before the season's over. And like, I think that's yeah. going to happen anyway. Cause I think like Ted's going to leave and then Nate's going to come back and, you know, um, handle all of it. But I think like, it's not going to be one of those things that's after either they do or don't win the league or whatever is going to happen where he's like, Oh, you were right the whole time. I think something dramatic is going to happen. He's going to come back and, and show up when it counts. Yeah. yeah. We, we um. might need to ship in a premier league expert for one of these episodes. Cause I just have a lot of. <laughs> questions about the mechanics of contracts and how things work like well with zava i have you know because i saw some stuff oh zava is gonna go play for west ham or man city i was like well i feel like he's still under contract it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like mike okay, trout can just leave the angels <laughs> even though we all wish he could just leave the angels and go play for someone else <laughs> tungsten armo doyle and mike mike trout <laughs> well, are gonna leave, leave the angels but if nate gets fired you know if Nate's fired and there's no like, yeah, I'd be with that. Yeah, if Nate, if Rupert lets Nate go, like, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't think there's it's any disco in charge. <laughs> disco. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that. I also love the reference. Is. Great scene in the locker. There were a bunch of good locker room scenes mm. tonight and workout scenes. Um, plus a great song to the workout scene. By the way, like you can do it, put your back to it. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes. Um, when they make the she's all that joke. And like, you know, the you know, ponytail and glasses. And then um, Isaac has that great, like, you know, Nate, he's going to have to do his rebuilding on the inside type thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. and then like everyone, like, I think it was Danny that like nodded, like knowingly. It would have blown <laughs> Nate's head up if he heard Jamie be jealous over him getting a, a bad egg. <laughs> a bad egg. <laughs> Jamie's accent so great. He had another one today, or in that in this episode that I don't, I don't, remember, I should have written it down, but I can never do it justice. But I was just like, perfect, no notes. No I'm notes. so pumped 
for the rest of the season for Jamie. I am yeah. so in the tank for this guy. It is unbelievable. And again, imagine saying that two seasons ago, but I am, the subtleties, I am so, so in on him. The subtleties between him and Roy in this mm-hmm. episode were really good too. Like there were a few like, um, I think when Ted said in the, in the end said the thing like, you know, everyone that we need is in this room. Roy gave him like a, like a, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. a meaningful look, a nod, a, you know, and Jamie gave him the little like, yep that's me like I'm, I'm on this you know and then obviously they said the four i did not realize the 4 a.m thing that's brilliant Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like tomorrow 4 a.m he's like you're fucking right I, you know? that made me want to jump through a wall like the fucking kool-aid man like i'm so, yeah. i'm so here because that's like ted i mean if we're just talking the best the best scene for me is ted's speech yeah and him walking out there, he again, he almost like I was afraid he was gonna leave without a good one, and yeah. and it was gonna end with Beard and Roy just kind of looking at each other, and it was gonna harken back to to Higgins suggesting to Rebecca that they might have to get rid of Ted, and he's the it's like I I wrote I didn't transcribe the whole thing, but I wrote down parts like it's it is a sign. I agree. Fact is, it's just a sign believe doesn't happen just because you hang something up on the wall comes from in here and up here and down here it's the whole speech is so So good fucking perfect and it's like uh i think the team and ted got lulled into this like false sense of security or the the zava thing kind of what was an outlier of like yeah we'll you know we'll just ride this one guy and i think that that leaves everyone get feeling complacent and that was at his heart ted is still a coach ted is still the guy who won the division two national championship with wichita state like he's still (laughs) he's still that guy he can still be him so it just like believe doesn't happen just because you hang it something up on a wall it comes i already said that uh it's the (laughs) he's so amped he's starting i'm so so amped yeah (laughs) i I might read it like i i saw that line i was like god it's just it's just great a little bit like we talked about earlier the crap like envy fear shame i don't want to mess around with that shit anymore you know what i want to mess around with the belief that i matter like man i am i'm so excited to see what happens to the team from here like i'm excited i love you saw sam's reaction sam was like let's go like he had this like proud smile like it wasn't like oh he's saying the things that i need to hear for me personally as a player to like motivate me it was like ted's back like this is the your goldfish type thing where it's like we are giving you he's giving motivation and bits of wisdom and things to pull like to he's coaching he's doing his job and like it's honestly he was not doing that before um i did love where he's like we can't make him see like everyone that we need is in this room like i'm this is a good thing like i only want to coach people that want to be here we can't like handcuff him to his locker and make him love us and danny goes we could try (laughs) well i mean that's you know it's a metaphor for michelle too you know you can't you can't force someone to do that but i think you know ted has had to process a lot of trauma both in his past and just the trauma of getting divorced he has a major setback this season when he finds out about Jake and we're not done with Jake because he's, that is going to pop up again mm-hmm. and there will be consequences. Um, <laughs> Alex is like either in the show or after when I drive to my, someone's house. <laughs> on my Twitter feed, show up at 4am with a rope soaked in paint. But um, <laughs> like it, it is very, you can love your job. And I speak from experience, like for a very long time, working was 
everything to me because it was the way that I felt worthy to myself. And being good at my job meant I was a good human being. And it work came above everything. And when I became a mom, obviously that had to change, but the desire didn't change. And I spent, you know, just like on and off over the years and just other personal setbacks that people have. There have been quite a few times where I was in a haze for months at a time, not because I didn't love my job, not because I didn't want to be good at it, not because I didn't want to like manage a team well. I was just in a haze. I couldn't get out of it. And I think we've seen Ted in that haze for a while. So I don't think this was like his wake up call to get his shit together. I think he's tried to get to get his shit together multiple times. And now like him being able to bring himself out of that panic attack, I'm telling you, that was huge. Like I started bawling when he started saying, he's okay. He's okay. I was bawling my eyes out because it's like, he needed to know he had the power to do that. He needed to know that like, if this happens again, he can control it. And now we have, we have, I don't think we have old Ted back. I think we have new Ted back because season one, Ted compared to this one looks awfully performative. Mm -hmm. Looks awfully like, yeah, you -hmm. know, we're just like pumping sunshine up everyone's ass. And he's very clear about like, you know, we're not doomed. We're just done with this shit of like having to feel like whatever happens out there defines who we are as people. It's just another layer, guys. Mm-hmm. They're done with the poopy. The poopy. And the, <laughs> the good things for this team that have happened this season happen in a montage. Montages are fleeting. They're not really meant to be that impactful in terms of the story. They're just meant to progress things and give us an update on what's going on. And it's fitting because a lot of what is good has happened to the team happened because of Zava and didn't have, which is not someone who we were emotionally bought in with like this team. And what has made this show so good is how much we're bought in on these people. That's the the guys on the team. That is Rebecca. That is Keely. That is every, you know, every character starting with Ted, how bought in. These are our people. We have ridden with these people for three seasons. They have not introduced many main characters since season one that we are like all in on. Like the only the only other person on the team I would say was yeah Jan Moss really like yeah. one of the few additions <laughs> da- yeah. Danny in season in episode six of season one and other than that like we've we've ridden with these people we're more emotionally invested in these people and it's like hey we need to batten down the hatches and we we've got to pull ourselves out of this and that starts well, starts with a leader when when things are going south for any team in any any industry in anything it someone's got to lead. And it always had to be Ted. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm more excited for the, the football aspect of this, of the season now than I was when they had Zavin, when things were, were cooking. Yeah. Cause I think we, we had said this all along. We were like, they, there's no way that they win because of Zava. Like, that's just not how this show is set up because they had to figure out if we thought what an injury or you would like switch teams or like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they, they have, you know, I don't, again, we're not, I'm not a premier league expert, but I'm going off of what they've shown us. And it's like, they have two aces. Jamie is an excellent player, especially now that he's like developed past the selfishness and the superstar and the, the pre Madonna of it all. (laughs) Um, Stephen Nix, uh, but they had to be able to play together. Like what does Roy say at the very beginning where he's like, and the rest of them are standing around watching Zava. Like we should charge them a ticket. Like for like, you're not doing anything. And they were able to like rest on their laurels and just like you said, ride this guy's coattails to victories because he was that good. But 
we've seen the growth of McAdoo. We've seen the development of Danny and Jamie. We know that Sam was like a superstar last season. So like all of that has been subdued because of the introduction of this wild card thing that's, you know, golden ticket that's going to get them to the, you know, keep them in the Premier League. So I figured he wasn't long for staying on the team. I didn't know how long it would be, but um they have to learn how to play together. They have and and Roy has to come up with schematic like how to scheme. Like they lost that with Nate. Um, but I think it's I'm with you. I think there's nothing I'm excited about what they do now because I think they've set it up where they're gonna band together. I'm gonna get a real sappy, amazing montage of them like learning to you know, it's gonna be the Jamie making the extra pass shit that I completely fall for. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, and Roy and at the restaurant when they first when he first agrees to train him, said tells tells Jamie that you could be better than Zava, and that's not yeah. Roy blowing smoke like that. No, he he, he be- truly believes that's yeah. He truly believes that is in Jamie, and so it's I mean no other way to put it. Like this is his time now. Like he's got to figure this out, and he's gonna be who Richmond gets behind. I mean, and he and he's tried too. The team has just been so goo eyes at Zava. I mean, Jamie has the frustration moment in this episode of like, I literally just said that what, what Zava is saying, like when Zava gives his, his Jamie's our speech. little ray of sunshine now where he's like, don't be, don't be Debbie downers. Like we can do this. Like we have everything. Yeah. It's like, who are you? I love this. The, the last scene of this one fired me up completely. Like I, it, it was, it was what I needed after an episode that left me feeling a little, like a little uncertain, a little nervous. So let's take a quick ad break. And then we'll get back with our Laughing Liam Award. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. All right. So uh, let's get into kind of our, our superlatives, I guess. Uh, Laughing Liam award. I, I feel like we already gave this out with uh, for funniest character in the episode. Roy is the just I mean, even if he didn't have a, another line, I, I think it's oh I think God. it's that. I will say, though, like, I agree with that, but I think. It was hilarious. I think Higgins, though, delivered one of the best jokes the entire series. Oh. And we totally glossed over it. The text? Yes. (laughs) That was hilarious. The text was my fault. Oh. Oh, my God. That was so funny. It was really the dirtiest joke of the entire series. I told you to get off of Twitter. <laughs> Texas from my Texas father. Texas from my mother. It's fantastic. Beard but has yeah, a, I mean, Beard has a couple gems too. Like we we need to just loop this category in with like funniest joke. But Beard has the uh, I can't believe when they're talking about Man City. I can't believe our white whale has the same name as the strip club I danced strip at in college. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then Ted's just like, mm, mm. yeah, incredible, incredible stuff. Also, great strip club name. No, fantastic. fantastic. Do okay. Do we think that Gina Gershon makes a cameo in the show at some point? I don't only because she actually responded to this episode and was like, since y'all keep bringing it up, I think you need to let me on the show at some point. Which she could be again, like a misdirect, like she could very well be in the finale or something. That is so um, funny. But yeah, because the second time they brought her up. Mm-hmm. Roy's face was because so, he because Beard wasn't there for that. No, it was the rom-com yeah. episode where they were at the like outdoor soccer thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the presumption at least for my that I think we're supposed to take away is that she left beard for Roy. <laughs> I know that's what I. <laughs> but I, I, it would be great if they brought her on though. I think that'd be awesome. That would be incredible. Be so good. Um, yeah. The only the other joke I liked was when Roy is doing his his like pump ups with the team before the Man City game. And he's just like, wreck, wreck him, kill him, whatever. And then it's outclass him, Sam. Outclass him. Yeah, and he gave him a handshake. Also good. I will say I'll, I'll shout out um, Jack again with her. Um, the whole Jack Keeley back and forth about the clowns and the and the exes. And she's like, oh, did you ever sleep with a clown like, with the nose on the whole thing? She's like, yeah, in his car. There were like 30 other clown friends there. <laughs> uh, that was excellent. Do do we want to do we want to talk out Jack and Keeley? Because that's a part of the story we haven't. We haven't yeah. really talked about. Yes. So I, Alex, I'll defer to you because it made me. It makes me nervous for Keeley just because of the the power dynamic there. Well, sure, and this show just loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this show you know, is. You said HR nightmare. HR Wait. nightmare, but like how much power I presume that Jack holds over Keeley's career and like in investment. The, the, she's the investor yeah. she's the head of the investment firm that is like bankrolling keely in her yeah. endeavors right now this is like if, if so, mike hooked up with the draft king like it's, it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the I draft could, king, the draft king. <laughs> what do we think the draft king looks like it's just like the burger king but he's just like covered in dollar signs <laughs> or like the president of chili's or something um <laughs> Damn, I'm mad he's not here. That I know, be, I hope you listen to this good now. Would you um, tell him, like, you have to listen to this about an hour in. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think a lot of people online have focused more on, like, you know, this gay storyline that comes out. It's like, that's really not the focus. I mean, I love the representation, but it's like, um, you know, people are like, well, this this never came up. There were no clues. Well, first of all. <laughs> One of the Watch first the things, show, please. yeah, one of the first things she ever said um, to Rebecca was about dipping her toe in the lady pool, like back was, into you know, the lady pool, back yeah. into the lady pool. That's yeah. right. Um, so, like to me, that part of it has nothing to do with it. But like going back to what I said earlier, when we go back to season one, and she had a good thing going with Roy, and then there was that day that he just like didn't text her back, and she's like, "Well, okay, he doesn't want to get coffee with me. He doesn't want to do this. Fine." She knows she doesn't want to be with Jamie. But what happens? He shows up and that's it. And like she walks away from that, like obviously acknowledging both herself and Roy, like it meant nothing. It was just because you rejected me. And so, you know, like who knows? Maybe they'll turn this thing. Jack is the love of her life. Who's to say? I'm not saying it's a fling, but I do think coming off of the conversation 
especially that weird moment when she talked about her ex and Jack thought she was talking about Jamie. Yes. And she was, and she, it would have been just very easy to say, no, I did date Jamie, but then I dated Roy Kent, but she didn't say that. She was like, well, um, you know, like there was just a Um, lot. Yes. But kind of, yeah. Yeah. It was, which was very strange anyway. And so, and it goes back again. Like, I want to know what Roy did because Keely outside of the, I have to schedule time to cry to me, hasn't been devastated in a way that someone who was just randomly broken up with would like, I wouldn't want to be around Roy if he had just like left. However, if he had hurt me, if he had cheated on me or did something, oh, I would show up all the fucking time. I would be in my <laughs> best clothes and be like, I am good without you. So yeah, I mean, I think like it was, it wasn't shocking because I did get the vibes in the episode before. Um, but that again, consequences, like that is not going to be good. No, no. And, you know, no. and especially it's doing that K- with someone who controls your future. And KJPR hasn't been the smoothest path. And like, no. The the whole situation is Shandy finally coming to a head. Like she lost a client that day because of that. Um, mm-hmm. It that was a three a.m. call, I believe. Not not reaching our four a.m. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's. I am cu- I'm going to say I'm curious about the Roy Keeley thing because I don't disagree with anything that you said, but I also could see. So nobody knew that they had broken up, right? When we started the yeah. season. It was all very quiet, Mm -hmm. which makes me actually think that it was like, because I think that they are so madly in love with each other, which is why this is so painful. So like, I would believe that he didn't do something overly dramatic or cruel or whatever, not cruel. I'm not saying we think Roy has been cruel, but like cheating or whatever else. And that they're literally so unnecessarily heartbroken that it's painful for her to think about or talk about. And I think it caught her off guard when she didn't know that it was Roy, where she said, Jamie, Tart, whatever. Because I also can't pick up, I couldn't pick up on what part was serious, what part was joking when she says, oh, so bad breakup. And she goes, no, I'd do it all again. And I know, I felt like the do it all again was sarcastic, but Mm -hmm. I felt like the no wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, it made me feel like the actual breakup itself wasn't horrible. I don't know. It's a weird, I go back and forth on it. Cause I agree with what you said, Alex, where it's like, this just isn't like, there's so much pain there. If it was just a, you know, we're busy and drifting apart thing. It doesn't really, but I think, I don't know. Well, think think about weird... the two interactions that we've seen of them together this season. There is when they're having the talk with Phoebe and yeah. Keely has a moment of wanting to comfort Roy when he says, you know, he's having to take on more responsibility in Richmond yep. and she says yeah. something comforting to him. And then Roy, when he comes in, when Keely is doing the press thing or she's talking to the players about something and and Keely comes in and she says, well, Roy, I told you know the press knows you don't like doing interviews or something. And he says that that I would, you know, well, I do him for for you or something like that. Yeah. The two interactions we've had of them, they are both yeah. still clearly trying to do something for each other yeah Yeah. like i don't know i think like there's no clear vision of that i do think it's something that they want to answer though and i think it started when they were giving um phoebe the talk and he said we're just busy and she immediately looked at him like you know that's not what it was and And she said on a break yeah 
So there's a lot. So I think more like if we put aside the, you know, love of PR nightmare relationships that this show has. <laughs> like, and I'm not even not like whatever. Fine. Don't even care. Um I think it's just a full like she needed to get out of her own head and get out of you know and have a moment for herself of what she thought would make her feel better I think there's going to be a fallout from it because as much as I absolutely love I actually really like the character Jack I think she's like funny and cool as shit and like you know whatever um again Jodie Balfour so great um but there's no way that I I mean I don't think like Healy's gonna get fired or the the whole thing but it's gonna end up when like because she, you know, people might complain, like, well, what was the point of the Shandy storyline? Like, you know, that only lasted X number of episodes or whatever. And I think it just showed, it showed that Keely's not 100%, not that you would ever be. She's not 100% ready to run this thing on her own. She didn't know what the CFO was. Like, she's spending, we've talked about the 200 pounds a week on flowers and stuff like that. Like, it was the comfort hire to make her feel like she had more control or felt more at home in a position that she was uncomfortable in because it's so new to her. And that was coming home to roost in this episode in the form of tons of goat shit. Yeah. I I just, (laughs) now I'm actually oddly curious how bad like baby goat shit smells because this is twice in a season that they've like, really hammered home yeah <laughs> you're gonna, gonna you're gonna land. have to explore that one oh, yeah land, yeah <laughs> next week on big screen sports kyle goes to a petting barn <laughs> live re- first ever live recording from a petting zoo um guys yeah. gotta tell you it smells terrible it smells awful i'm just i'm the the keely just feels her her character her arc what's going on in her life just all of it feels really vulnerable right now she yeah. feels really at mercy to other people, especially like with whatever's going to happen, the fallout with this, with Jack, what, what happened with Roy. And I'm just, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to not be on, on ice skates with this, like shaky in the middle of a, of a not quite frozen pond with Keely. I'm ready to get on some <laughs> solid ground here and have some direction and know what's going on. Cause I am, I'm deeply nervous about this. Well, and it, there's something about it too, where it's felt like, I hate, I still think they have an excellent relationship and they're best friends, but the um, inavailability for Rebecca, like she missed calls and like they weren't at the game together. And and so there's that, that chasm, not chasm, it's, it's a very dramatic way of saying it, but they used to do all of this stuff together. And so it's, it's kind of like, who's picking up for Rebecca in these moments of like, you know, and why wasn't she picking up? Because she's having this inappropriate, I feel like it's safe to say inappropriate relationship. It is an inappropriate workplace relationship, regardless of the genders of the folks who are engaging in it. It Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Um, I just mean, you know, it's just like she's making these decisions. I think Keely's just making a lot of rash decisions. Mm -hmm. She's rebounding. Um, Yeah. This is her version of cutting all her hair off. Yeah, she's given herself lots of bangs. (laughs) Yeah. Like, After I, my fiance and I broke up back in 2011, I went and got a fucking pixie cut. This is Keely's pixie cut. (laughs) She just wants to feel like her body is her own. Her choices are her own. And she doesn't have to feel so sad and out of control all the time. God, I really should not let Alex say stuff after me because it's always so smart. And I'm like, you know, things. (laughs) And she's like, this is 
Yeah, my pixie guy. <laughs> really drove the point yeah. Real smart choices. <laughs> Speaking of the call for Rebecca at the end, mm-hmm. I would like to clear out the lane. Alex is standing in the lane. She's like, she's like Shaq oh. standing there calling for the ball. She's going to ISO someone. She's back down her defender. Yeah. Call for the ball. Okay. Take it. Take us in. I want to talk about Rebecca for a second. Because obviously we, well, let's go back. Season one, when Rupert comes to her office and says that Bex is pregnant. And I remember saying this on the podcast. It was one of the first moments that just kind of struck me because she's like an incredible face actor. Like she can just do it with her face. And I'm like, you know, she was obviously very defiant, very annoyed with him. But it was the moment he said, she's like, I thought you didn't want a child. I can't remember exactly what she said. He says, I suppose I just didn't want one with, you know, and gives me so much rage. So she has to fight so hard to hold back tears because you can tell in that moment that meant something to her. And, you know, for women, like we have a clock. We're not like men who can, you know, fucking Methuselah can have like. <laughs> have a character, like... Have, have a child even when you're like a character from the fucking Bible. As, I, as Rebecca says, the fucking Bible. Um, and so we, we have the seed planted then. Season two, we have that lovely episode where, <laughs> excuse me, y'all, um, where she's keeping Sassy's kid. And we realize it's more than just her bending fences there. She also really loves watching over. She talks to Roy about, you know, like kids. And he's like, they just want to be around you. They're just important. And she likes saying we can watch a scary movie. You can tell she's got maternal instincts. It means something to her. So, and then you go to this season and the psychic scene is like funny. And you can tell she's freaked out. She does not get irate until the woman says the mother thing. And she says, you're not just dangerous. You're fucking cruel. And again, with the face and they have completely spelled this out for us that for years, being a mother is important to her. She felt like Rupert robbed her of that. And I think that's where so much of her anger came from was her window was over. Even if she found a relationship that made her happy, even if she got struck by lightning, like the kid would not be part of it. And I think it really upset her. Okay. So we get into this episode. She's starting to realize the psychic might be onto something. We have the matchbook. We have the shite and knighting armor. And so naturally she's thinking about what she said about her becoming a mother. And she goes to the fertility clinic. We see the couples in the clinic that Rebecca saw in season two, the day she broke up with John at the coffee shop, same couples, Yep. but they're now in the clinic. So lots of parallels there. She goes to talk to the doctor which, by the way, they already have an established relationship. Mm-hmm. So also, that place looks like it's like she went to the doctor down there. I was about to like say the doctor's office there. Everything we've been told about socialized medicine is a lie. Look how lovely that doctor's <laughs> office is. It was a lovely <laughs> office. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and she says, "Like I don't even know if it's possible. Maybe it's ridiculous." And he and she's like, "Actually, no, it's not ridiculous. I have people older than you come in." Blah blah blah. He's like, "We'll have to do some tests." And he says. I don't know if he says imaging. I think he says imaging. He says, we'll take some blood and do some imaging. Okay, yeah. So blood, imaging. We get to, you know, he texts her before the match. He's like, I'll have your results. I'll call you after. Um, also, don't like that move. Hate that. That's Hate that. That's not um, necessary. Oh, I have this huge match that I'm watching, and now I have to wonder what the fertility doctor is going to tell me afterwards. Great. I know. Thanks, brah. 
So he calls and we don't hear his side of it. And we see her reaction. She says, you know, no, I thought that was the case, but thank you for letting me know. And we are led to believe for every reason possible that he has told her she cannot have children. Mm-hmm. And we see her a little mystified and a little stunned. And she sits down and then you just kind of see some, like her face, a little frozen. She goes to call Keely. Keely doesn't answer. And then, you know, we see the rest of it and we are, everything about that scene led us to believe that's what it was. She found out she could not have kids anymore. Fellow listeners, I have a theory and I just want you to stick with me on this. I think Rebecca is pregnant. Okay. We need a theory air horn. Hold on, let me get my app. I got an app for this. Okay. We need like Mike so, to record something. It's like theory alert. <laughs> well, so here, here are some things, reasons why I think this, and I do think it's Sam's baby, but I also think if it's not, that doesn't really kill this theory at all. Um, the la- let's go back to the restaurant party, you know, pre-opening episode. The only person we see leave is Trent. And then of course we see Colin and his boy in the, in the alley. Um, we didn't see Sassy and Ted leave together, but they ended up in bed together. Didn't they? We saw them after the fact. Last thing we see of Rebecca is her throwing back tequila and obviously with the matchbook and Sam and everything else. It is possible. It's certainly possible that she hooked up with Sam that night. We're just not to know about it. The episode right after that episode, we start, we have Shandy saying really excited about this footballer campaign and talking about how all the single guys in the squad are going to do it. So this is like a current thing she's working on. Rebecca instantly gets a little spooked and she's like, oh, so all the single guys. So, you know, Sam and so and so and so and so. But she's like a little more bothered about it than she was, say, a month ago or whenever the the dinner was, you know. And then Shandy says, well, actually, I don't think he's doing it anymore, as if that's like a recent development. So we know Sam was committed to this at some point and backed out. And we're led to believe it's old girl at the restaurant. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. Going back to the phone call, we don't hear what the doctor says on the other line. We do know she had a blood test and imaging test. Now, plenty of TV shows will just do the suspension of disbelief thing. And I mean, we've seen like when women give birth on TV and the kid's like six months old when it comes out. <laughs> this like, is a we giant child. Yeah. The way women are represented, like water breaking and all that shit that doesn't actually happen the way they show. So I, this could be a total like, you know, I'm just looking, I'm reading into it too much and I realize that. But if you're doing ultrasound imaging, they do that to see if there's any structural issues in your womb that would prevent you from being able to have a baby. Now remember, at this point, she just thinks it's her age. If she were menopausal, it wouldn't be a question. She would know that she couldn't because it's physically impossible. So she's still having periods. We know that. Sorry to everyone out there who's freaked out about a period, but guess what? We all have them. Um, So we know that much and it can show you those structural issues, but unless it was something severe, like there's nothing there that could definitively stop that. Plus when you're getting ultrasounds done, you're seeing what they're taking. You're seeing the ultrasound as they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. So you would be able to see that. Now the blood test checks hormonal levels yep. and it can indicate if a woman is premenopausal um, and potentially going to that. However, you can still get pregnant when you're premenopausal. There is nothing in an imaging test or a blood test. As yeah. far as I know, based on what I know and the research I've done, I fully admit I could be an idiot and totally wrong here. So do not come for me unless you're a doctor. <laughs> 
Um, there is just nothing. a lady doctor. <laughs> it's just hard to imagine a situation based on just those two tests alone where he would say it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Outs- you know what I'm saying? Like, but if he did be- a blood test and imaging, like you again, the imaging one will throw you off a little bit because then you could say like, oh, wouldn't they have found the heartbeat or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you can get proof of pregnancy from both of those things. Here's what I'll say from personal experience. (laughs) I didn't know I was pregnant until I was about 18 weeks along, which I know sounds insane. Um, Let's just get into my gynecological history. But uh, just like I was sick, though, for those months. And I kept going to doctor after doctor after doctor. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong. They did a full abdominal ultrasound on me when I was pregnant and did not find anything because they weren't looking for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like, go see champion Jack. I, right. <laughs> Again, like, you know, they're not expecting Ted Lasso viewers to get into the weeds that much. And maybe I don't know, but you know, the blood test would absolutely tell you if, yeah. if she were pregnant. Um, I just have a hard time buying that. Those tests said she absolutely could not do it. Um, that's all. And so, you know, I think it could be Sam's baby. And if it is, this obviously changes everything for her. It's not to say they're going to end up together, but I I just don't think they went through all that trouble with fertility just to see us let down again, you know, for Rebecca's future. Um, because if they were going to make it into a situation where she was going to adopt, I feel like they would have written that in already. Like they would have made that, sorry, that's my phone part of the process. And so, um, and you know, like in the early stages of pregnancy too, <laughs> I love this, like one one I'm giving everybody on like, <laughs> um, exams. If you're very early pregnant, they don't use a traditional ultrasound for that anyway, but also the imaging they do at fertility clinics, they may not do a traditional one. They might do like the probe or whatever. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. But <laughs> point being, I just don't think she was told what we think she was told. That's all. That's my only thing. And most phone calls on this series in general are either FaceTimes or we see both people on both ends. We rarely, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch. I'm sure there are examples, but we just rarely ever see anything that's one-sided and we do not hear the yeah. other side. Apple loves to get that product placement in. They love their <laughs> Look times. at all of the things that are, you know what I'm saying? So, so I know it's far-fetched and I'm fully fine with being wrong. I've been wrong about a million things about the show, but I, I, mean, I buy it. I can't shake. I can't shake it. I really, because she also sat in the cab. Cause the, oh, yeah, this was the other part of it. Yeah. Too. So she's holding the green matchbook from his yep. restaurant and she, when, when Ted's talking about hope. Yeah. It's, it's like when Ted's giving a speech and he starts talking about the hope and belief and they, cut, and they, to, they yeah. cut to her and she's holding the matchbook and she's, she has resolve. Like yeah. she's calm about whatever it is. And maybe we'll find out she wants to adopt. Maybe we'll find out whatever, but that wasn't her just deciding, okay, this thing that I wanted for a long time, I don't want anymore. There's yeah. a reason for it. And she's holding the matchbook and I don't know. It's just a theory. That scene, it, regardless of what he told her, she'd crush that scene. Cause it's just like the whole, I'm just really glad that they kind of did a whole fertility thing. If we're being honest, like it's, yeah, life is cruel. Sometimes it's just a, um, well, I think we've all the, learned uh, a lot tonight. Get in the door 
Yeah, I was gonna say the I gun know. in the door. You can cut like... out all that if you want to. <laughs> no, I didn't need was, to get, I mean, that was exactly what but, I needed out of this out of this theory. That is that is detail. I just you know, I just think again, like everything is for a reason, and maybe it's just something else entirely. Maybe he um, was just telling her, "Yes, you can have kids." Yeah, who knows? But I don't. I I just think it was a slight misdirect. That's all. Because yeah. that should have crushed her based on what, how we've seen her react to like the sensitivity of being a mother. And I just don't feel anything about her reaction was like devastation. Yeah, and the fact like, that this is not a thing that can ever happen for you. Yeah. yeah. He could have very... said like, we need to do more tests on X, Y, Z. Like this number is low. Yeah. Cause I agree. I agree with you. Now, once you said, when you texted me, I was like, man, come on. And then I thought about it and you're like, no, you're absolutely correct because there's nothing that they could have done that would have been that quick to rule it out completely yeah but who knows you know like i have not um i've not been to a fertility clinic i've never had those tests done before i just know as somebody who you know had a child and had like (laughs) things all over (laughs) your body and the things that uh you know doctors for months tested me over and over and over and the one thing they weren't looking for was pregnancy and that's why they didn't find it. They were looking for like, why is she sick all the time? Um, God, I hate revealing this. It's so vulnerable. But like, I was on birth control. You know, like this wasn't a, a situation of, I was in a monogamous relationship. Like this just wasn't a situation where pregnancy was even on my mind. They looked for everything but that. And it took me being scheduled for surgery to get my gallbladder out when I was four months pregnant and didn't know it. And it was the first urine test that I had had to take in the entire process because of the anesthesia. And they came back and they're like, okay, we're going to do a blood test because we think you might be pregnant. I'm like, ha your tests are wrong because you've been all up in this for months now. Like you would have known, but they weren't looking for it. And That's so wild. you were talking about projecting earlier. That is all this is, is just me saying, look, doctors are great. I'm just saying like, if you're not looking for it and if you assume, um, you know, if you go looking for like, is somebody capable of doing, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's all. Well, and in the, I mean, shit, we're all just spilling our souls here on the getting serious on the podcast. No, I mean, so it's like, I, you know, I'm 38 I'm single. Like I've looked into, you know, and having to make that decision as a woman where you're like, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to have kids at some point in the future? And you decide like, let's look into things. It's $900 to go talk to a doctor cool country it's awesome love that and then if you decide that you do want to try something like freezing your eggs it's 10 to fifteen thousand dollars, perhaps to do that yeah. and then that's not even the part where it gets to like putting it back in you <laughs> like, which is thousands tens of thousands of dollars more it's so and you know the project like you projected from your experience i projected that disappointment side where it's just like yeah again like i don't i'm not at that point i'm not it's not off the table it's blah 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 you know whatever hey listeners here's my life um (laughs) but it's just one of those things like that's the stuff the show did where you like you put your feelings into it and you understand what these characters are going through because like there is a clock and there is like you know she thought she was in the relationship that was going to be the one that ended with her having kids and he turned out to be the devil so um it just was so that's what that phone call i i wept listening to her like say like ah so I thought just wanted to be sure like I just thought it was so, it was so heartbreaking 
either way that it goes I thought that it was just so it's such a big thing for her so personal it's so important like it's just it was it's a tough topic Mm -hmm. yeah and if there's one thing that I think we all know about this show is I don't think it is going to leave us with a with the bad taste in our, our mouth or not feeling uplifted about the future of our beloved characters. Yeah. This is not, the show is not game of Thrones. So <laughs> it, it'll be, interesting. if there's a wedding, if there's a wedding at any point though, I'm out guys, out. I'm not watching a wedding episode after game of Thrones succession. Yeah. I'm not doing it uh, out on it. Out <laughs> on it. But I, I do want to say too, you know, just to be clear, like, and I think the show is going to make it a point to do this too. So again, I could be totally off base. There are multiple ways to become a mother. She could be a stepmother. She could adopt. She maybe she did freeze her eggs at one point in time. And maybe she can't carry the child, but she can get a surrogate. Like we don't know. And so, you know, this isn't the only way for her to do that. And Ted's baby. Well, that that's what I was going to. I mean, Alex has been sparring with the Ted Becca crowd. And I will say one of our one of our beloved producer patrons, Aaron Figueroa, his question was what eventually drives uh Ted and Rebecca together. He is he is part of Team Ted Becca. I would think that if she Nothing. is actually pregnant, that this makes that much more unlikely. Just not unless unless it is Ted's baby, which it would not be. <laughs> they um, really snuck that in. That'd be hilarious. I I, I, mean, I, I thought about this actually. If because this has been my complaint, like I've I've said this in our text thread, like if they ended up together right now, it'd feel completely unearned. There would have to be like something. It it's just been it has been the most platonic of friendships. It's an amazing yeah, friendship. Amazing friendship. It's, yeah, it's very intimate, and I think because we are conditioned to um, say, well, if you're going to have intimacy with somebody of the opposite sex or the opposite um, gender that you are attracted to, then there must be something else there. Look at going back to when Harry met Sally. Like men can't be friends with women, and that movie sort of stands to prove that like they end up together. Um, so yeah, I, I think like, you know, and even in interviews when they've asked like, are Ted and Rebecca going to get together? And Hannah says they are together. Like they are, they're just not, they're not banging it out, but like they're <laughs> close. They have a cosmic connection. And like that stuff is possible without being with somebody. I was talking to Caroline today about Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak. And I think that's such a strong example of like, they are the closest people in each other's lives. They were in love at one point in time and not anymore. But, you know, a lot of people are like, that's weird. They totally have to be together. I bet he's the father of our children. Just the brains are like conditioned to think that. I do not see them together. And it's, there are multiple reasons for it. But ultimately, like, we know the end game for Ted. It's back to Henry. Whatever that means. I'm not saying he and Michelle will definitely reconcile. I don't think it's on the table. Um He's either going back to the States or something will happen to bring Michelle and Henry to him. He's yeah. not going much longer without being with that kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, could there be a scene like Rebecca moves to Kansas? <laughs> sure. If they do that, fine. I mean, I, I'll be confused by it, but it's fine. It just, the discourse I see is a lot of, well, he can be a good dad, even though he's overseas. What has shown you that? Because he's spiraling or has been up to this point because he's not there because another man has taken his place and there's just no reality where he would choose Rebecca or any woman over Henry. God, imagine what Rebecca's wealth could buy in Kansas though. Like what her house would look like. (laughs) Be amazing. Fucking incredible. She could buy Kansas. Like the wildest 
the wildest thing to me is what you pointed out on Twitter, Alex, is legitimately when I get into some of these threads and I'm just like perusing as a, you know, as a visitor to some of these Ted Becker threads. An observer. Yeah, I just, I do that all the time on Twitter. And I'm always terrified that I'm going to accidentally like something that's like when I'm in one of these ridiculous threads, like, you know. And so I, uh, it's what you said where it's like, it feels like we've been watching a different show. Yeah. Like, because everything that I see, it's like, look, the way that she's standing, talking to Ted in the same spot, it's in the hallway and they talk there twice. This is soulmate shit. And I'm like, what is happening? It is their place of work. I know. (laughs) They probably have limited sets. The soulmate thing is very strong for a lot of Ted Becca shippers. And, and I'm not denying that, but like, I do have a soulmate and it's my best friend. And like, I I think my sister is part soulmate too. Like there are people in my life that I feel very connected to that I'm very affectionate with and it doesn't go to a romantic relationship. I just, but I also don't want to reduce people who ship them to being like, you don't understand love. I don't feel like it's that. I just think like, if you come into it thinking, well, the end game has to be the two of them then you're looking for that, right? You're looking for clues yeah. in every episode and you're telling yourself that definitely supports it. But I think what's funny is how divided the fan base is. It's not so much like, oh, I hope they don't get together. I don't like them. It's like, are you stupid? Why would you think they're together? And then the other side is like, you're an idiot. How could you not think they're together? How could you yeah. miss the signs? The signs it's wild. Like- to, it's, the group of people can watch the same yeah. 50 minutes each week and say, it is obvious that this is what they are writing towards I know. and have that thing be two completely different yeah. where it's like someone said like, I'm going to feel gaslit yeah. if they don't I end was, up I was going to say that. that and I'm like, one of y'all what? Like, I know. What? She's saying, it's I'm wild. Gonna... Or the, oh, the one where I sent you today, Alex, where it was like he, people saying that he doesn't have any chemistry with Hannah Waddingham is like insulting to Jason Sudeikis because literally everyone has chemistry with Hannah Waddingham. And I'm like, you can have I mean, they could the have sexual chemistry, but they don't because they're not playing potential sexual partners or playing best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they have amazing chemistry on screen together, but not like me being like, kiss. Like, <laughs> I know that's it's literally the not only those thing. vibes. It's like, I just think, and look, we could totally be wrong. And maybe next week is their big romantic get together and we'll have to come back and eat our crow. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> if it makes sense. Like the only way yes. this show could, because I know I've said before, I'm like, I'm out on this show <laughs> they get together. What I really mean though, because I'm just silly most of the time, as long as the writer's like you said, as long as they earn it, as long as the story makes sense, yeah. as long as they're true to what they've laid down, you're not going to hear a complaint out of me. I don't see it happening. I don't like it, based on everything they've given us. I don't. Um, but if it does, it does. I just I'm fascinated by how angry people are about this topic. The show they that was supposed to come sassy. back. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, after sassy. Oh, yeah. And they're like sassy sucks. And she's just she's not a, a good friend. Oh, no, I know sorry, that was aggressive. it's just but it's that idea right and so this show that was like developed and is seen as a like bastion of anti-toxicity has yielded one of just the meanest fights on twitter and everywhere else that's how you know it's gone mainstream now 
if I know, it's it's developed I know it's a toxic deal. subculture, it's it's gone mainstream. I yep. like the, the where they do like polls only for Ted Becca shippers. Yes, and they're like and when someone's like, respond. oh, I don't see it. And they're like, did you see who it was for though? You're not the audience. <laughs> like, like we're just like, in oh our own little goodness. clubhouses oh, or something. I just you know, but I think too like I'm again, it's the projecting thing, right? I have the 10 years ago, I might've felt totally differently, but I'm in a position I'm older. I have different family experiences. I have, you know, a child, I have people in my life that I feel like I have connection with. It's very easy for me to say, oh, that's totally possible to do that platonically. But 10 years ago, I don't know if I would have said that 10 years ago, I might've been like, well, they have to end up together. Right. Cause everything in movies tells us that it's a male and female lead. And it starts with them, not, you know, her not liking him. And that's how it ends up. I've just never felt like that was the story ever. I, yeah, I haven't felt like no. it once. Um, we got a few more superlatives to give out before uh, before we speculate on what's coming in, in Amsterdam, because I do want to leave some time for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> best time, worst time. For who had the best time in the... Jack maybe had the best time. She seemed like she was enjoying herself, like even before, even before their makeout session. What I think Barbara... Was- yeah, what was in Barbara's desk? I know that's what I want, but I like Barbara. Finally got rid of Shandy, Shandy's hand. Who I, oh I don't yeah, think, she. Uh... I don't think we're done with Shandy, by the way. But um, yeah, I think Barbara had a pretty good time. Uh, Did Zava have a good? I feel like Zava's always having a good time. Like oh, yeah. he reti- Like he gets to just stare at his wife now. And and, and farm his avocados. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's, good he's always having a good time. Uh, I think Nate had a good time. I think Nate Nate eventually had a good Nate had both a bad time and a good time because I think he was yeah. I, I think on the date he was very nervous and then obviously he gets he gets yeah. stood up and that never feels good or like stood up mid date. I don't I don't even know what I guess ditched ditched <laughs> yeah. is what happened. Gets to ditched, him. yeah, yeah. Wake me up before you go. <laughs> so yeah. good. Um, so Richmond good. fans have a bad time. The fans back at May's Pub. Uh, yes. have have a tough tough time uh that that's yeah that, there yeah um lenny harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character in this episode higgins did you notice he didn't higgins gag once good. when he had that discussion with rebecca he did it's the first it's the first time he hasn't gagged during an uncomfortable conversation Mm-hmm. And I think it's big for him. And he <laughs> just he, like he's director of football operations. And I think we're going to see him take on a bigger role at the end of the season, too. But like, even though he stumbled through it and had a hard time saying, I just love how he's like, what about anything I just said makes you think I want to do <laughs> yeah, that? I want to do this. But like, what's been the whole like, and I never really found it that funny, but it was consistent. The whole running gag the whole time was anything he was uncomfortable with, he would gag. Mm-hmm. And this, he's like, being assertive and he's he's getting into it and plus he had that great joke yeah so i'm i'm good yeah he was good i'm, I'm good with higgins good with higgins i think either nate uh i thought nate just overall had a really great episode that's a good point too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it it, the, it it was certainly the, the, the comeback train the comeback train has now left yeah. the station we got some indications of it for the west ham episode but this is like he's he's ready to come back and, and be our number one boy Sweet Nate. I, yeah, it was. I miss. I did miss him. Yeah, I miss him. I missed him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually got a big chill moment that we went over in detail mm-hmm. with the speech. That is the. Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Roy, but uh, no. Okay, never mind. So, <laughs> so is it is different kind of chills? <laughs> is that speech better than the uh, season one finale speech? 
No. I mean, not that it's worse either, though. I think it's on par with it. I think it's, you know, I, I just, I was, I was on another Ted Lasso podcast today, actually. <laughs> and I was, they asked me, they asked me the best musical moment in the show. And I brought up <clears throat> that season one speech and how I took the finale in our draft because of like, I just, you know, the only thing worse than being sad is being sad and alone. Mm-hmm. None of us in here alone. I think it was right up there with it though. And it was so um, genuine. And like, there are many times on the show where Jason slips out of his accent and he goes into Jason voice. And he did that in this speech. And that always gives me like a little, like when he talks about we're not doomed, it's a Jason voice, it's not Ted's. And I don't know. I thought it was great. I really liked it. Was it. Excellent. I, uh, uh, I don't know. That's a really tough question. Just let it be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't make me pick that. my favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> it was strong, though. It was. It was. Um, okay. So next episode, Amsterdam. We've heard a few things. We, we've had some rumors that this is going to be a banger of an episode. I don't know who started those rumors or who's, who's talked about it, but <laughs> the whispers on the streets, the streets of the Netherlands, have said that, that this is going to be a heater. Do we have any predictions? Any qu- what, what absolutely needs to be resolved in answer? What do we think? I think, we I think Collins, I think Colin comes out in Amsterdam. I think people I don't, find out. Yeah, I think Colin and Trent certainly based on like what we know about their shooting schedule yeah. over there. Um I think Colin and Trent will have the moment where Trent's like I know whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um and hopefully that means he will you know, he's going to he's a strong capable man. He's going to have his realization. <laughs> I'm not now a that, piece of shit. <laughs> I know. Now that Zava's out of the way, he's back in the rotation. Yeah. Like, this is kind of Colin's like you know, coming out party in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. I think I do think that will happen. And they have um, the the subtle, not so subtle hint when he when Ted said shame in the list of things that he was. Yep. You know, when he listed, like you said, hope. They went to Rebecca and like the pain that you caused. They looked at Ted, um, Roy, and then when he said shame, like envy, shame. They Colin had a moment where he kind of was like he looked ashamed where he's like I'm not living like who I am yeah. to my yeah. teammates and my friends that could have been about his so driving I think that was kind of... maybe this episode is all about also been about his driving <laughs> that is very... I'm a strong cable man I'm not a piece of shit Colin you don't need that last bit <laughs> um what I think is interesting is that the episode is called sunflowers and mm-hmm. hit it with, hit us with it two things about that the sunflower is the kansas state flower oh by the way but sunflowers the famous um paintings because there are different copies of them uh by van gogh the amsterdam version of it i believe i'm totally wrong about this and someone's gonna correct me it traveled i want to say like 70 times like was a they had it at different museums since uh like in the post-war period um, and it got to the point a few years ago where it could not travel anymore because the humidity and weather in different parts of the world um, were ruining it. So it's in Amsterdam permanently. Um, I just wonder if something there will come of it or maybe it's just sunflowers. Who knows? But, you know, and this is also the big when they were shooting there, people saw Rebecca fall into a canal off a oh. boat when it was raining and um you know, the psychic's whole thing about thunder and lightning and you're soaking wet, but you're safe. Is that the last piece of her fortune that hasn't come up yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I, yeah, we might get some clarity there or just another, like, you know, Hey, this is something from your reading that we don't understand yet. But what I think is interesting, and we have to remember like part of the reason this season got so delayed was because, um, they added Amsterdam like late in the game and kind of reworked like Amsterdam wasn't supposed to be part of this season. It was a late edition. They went on location and scripts were rewritten. I'm not saying the story was changed, but like everything was changed to accommodate this last minute Amsterdam trip. So we really, I don't think understand the scope of like those decisions being made and maybe what it did for the story. So, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm so absurdly excited. Also, Van Gogh is my favorite artist. So this I love that story. So <laughs> I had to do a project on him when I was in like third grade or something. And we were living in England. And so my mom took me over to see some of the paintings while we were not Amsterdam, but um, and I've been enamored ever since. Um I went to see some of his stuff last summer and I was just like the dork at the museum, like like taking pictures of paintings. Like people want to see that shit. You know what I mean? Like this will look good later. It's like taking video at concerts. Like no one's going to watch that. Like, but you still do it every time. I also think beard's going to get weird. And I think some people who normally wouldn't do drugs are going to do drugs. Hell yeah. Love that. Hell yeah. Higgins. (laughs) I want to see like a, like a, weed brownie higgins i'm just the the description for the episode mentions like a friendly match so they're going over there essentially for an exhibition or something like that but i'm actually curious like the on team stuff um you know the the team adapting after zava and i guess our last patron question mac Lindsay said do we think the whole team will be training with jamie and roy by season's end and hypothetically Will and will this hypothetically be what causes the team to win the Premier League? I think the Jamie and Roy thing is just Jamie and Roy. I think yeah. that's a that's a bond between them. But I am hoping, I, I do think we will get some sort of soccer action, and I am hoping to see like the Jamie from the uh, the signal that episode. I'm hoping to see some more of that guy, and yeah, some some really taking command. And I'm just looking forward to everything about this episode and then i really hope it is on screener before uh before tuesday because i don't want to wait i know can we give a quick shout out to our guy isaac mcadoo who has just been so he had one the great line this week where it's like no video games before bed Mm -hmm. unless it's animal crossing because it's fucking relaxing um but my guy is a certified babe he is He's looking good. He looks good. Looking Isaac, good. you're looking good, my guy. I, Pull a bikini. I do you want to say like a request for the rest of the season? I am I'm hoping that we get more, especially with Zava leaving, get more of our guys from Richmond. It has been a very light Sam season. Um yeah. if, he's gonna be captain, right? If Alex's Wasn't theory the is trailer? true, it is about to be a very heavy Sam season. Um, but we've gotten very limited <laughs> Isaac. We've, you know, yeah. we've had, we've had some Colin stuff, but that's going to come around. But we have a lot of characters who have just haven't gotten as much shine as they used to be. Danny has been mostly just comic relief. Um, I know. I don't hate. So, I mean, he's great. Everything he says is funny, yeah. but sure. That, that would be my thing. Yeah, the I rest of the Danny. season. Yeah. Like these, this is going to be the last seven episodes we get with these people. So I, oh, I want to squeeze it all out. I want I want a little Before more. Before the everyone. spinoff, yeah. 
Yeah, Kyle wants to get the last bit of toothpaste out of that too. Oh, I'm he's uh, folding down. He's folding down the ends. Listen, we're doing yeah, the we don't, recommended technique. We don't throw away the toothpaste and, until there's nothing in there. Until you cannot cannot get a brush in. But um, <laughs> that is that is that is that that is season three, episode five. Uh, we will be back next week with. Uh, either on Friday, like this episode is coming out, or we will have it out on Wednesday if the screener gods decide to bequeath us another screener. Um, but Alex, where can the folks follow you? Um, Twitter at Alex McDaniel. And uh, you can read all the content at ftw.usatoday.com. And Caroline? You can find the content where she said, and at, <laughs> C- <laughs> at CW Darnie on Twitter for dog content and uh what do we got coming up soon well ted lasso content you know all the content ted lasso all the tweets all the, all the stuff and if you enjoyed this Give episode some lax tweets soon black black <laughs> virginia lax go check it out yeah uh if you enjoyed this episode subscribe wherever you get your podcast rate and leave a review support on patreon and we will see you in five to seven days thanks for listening <laughs> I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.